Good morning, church family. I can't express enough how happy I am to see your smiling or mask-covered faces this morning, but it is without question a day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it together this morning. Our text today is Ephesians chapter 5. We'll be in verses 7 through 14 as we continue our study of the book of Ephesians. We will pick up today on the heels of the opening six verses of chapter 5, which is what we looked at last week, which set forth that we as Christians are not to walk in the ways of the world. We are not to live in sexual immorality or impurity or covetousness. We are not to live in filthiness or foolish talk or crude joking. And why would we? Because as we learned last week, the ways of the world, they lead to the wrath of God. Rather, the children of God who have received the Spirit of God and who have an eternal inheritance waiting for us, instead we joyfully and willingly and excitedly walk in love. Because Christ walked in love, and our goal and our aim is to pattern our lives after Christ so we can be imitators of God. But if we want to imitate our God, not only should we walk in love, but we should also walk in the light. We should also walk in the light. And that makes sense because in order for the Christian to make decisions and to make judgments that are good and right and true in a dark, dark world, the Christian must have light. Particularly, the Christian must have the light of the Lord. I heard heard a joke about a pilot who was coming in for a midnight landing. And being a jokester and without any other planes in the sky, he decided to mess with the tower. So he turned off his lights and radioed in, guess who? The tower, not really being in the mood for jokes at midnight, turned off the runway landing lights and responded to the pilot, guess where? Whether we are walking or whether we are flying, church, it is prudent to do so with light. Which takes us to our thesis statement this morning, or the premise of our sermon this morning. Our thesis statement this morning is this, Christian, be faithful to walk in the light of the Lord and let your light convict those who are in darkness. Christian, be faithful to walk in the light of the Lord and let your light convict those who are in darkness. Our text this morning is Ephesians chapter 5, verses 7 through 14. Let me encourage you, whether you are here this morning or you are watching remotely on YouTube or on Facebook, open your Bibles this morning. Why don't you follow along with the text? Ephesians chapter 5, verses 7 through 14. The Apostle Paul wrote, Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. 
For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for Jesus Christ and his atoning work on the cross. Lord, we thank you for the gift of this church and the opportunity we have this morning to gather Lord, we thank you for this church, Faith Bible Fellowship. We thank you for your grace and your provision through this season. And Lord, I ask today, as a congregation, we offer you an offering that is fragrant and glorifying to you. Father, help me this morning. I pray that I speak truth to the dear individuals listening that you help my lisping, stammering, sinful tongue. Help me, Father, I pray. And for this dear congregation, Lord, I pray that you open their eyes and their ears and soften their heart to your word this morning. We have been called to be light in the Lord. I pray that this text grabs hold of us this morning. And we shine gospel light for the world to see. In Jesus' name, amen. Our first of two points this morning is this. Point number one. Christian, you are light in the Lord. Thus let your life project rays of goodness, of righteousness, and truth. Christian, you are light in the Lord. Thus let your life project rays of goodness and righteousness and truth. Verses 7 through 10. Paul writes, Therefore do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Verse 7 starts with the word, therefore. Therefore, do not become partners with them. And the therefore here is referring back to last week's text. As Paul concludes, therefore, because the ways of the world are evil. Because the ways of the world lead to death. Because God's wrath will fall on the sons of disobedience. And because everyone who is sexually immoral, impure, or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of God. Because of that reality, Christians, don't partner with the world. Do not become partakers with them or co-participants with the sons of disobedience. Now, if you remember back, church, to Ephesians chapter 3, in verse 6, Paul told his Ephesian readers this. He said, Gentiles, you are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. 
Thus, Paul has already declared, you Christians, you are already partakers. You Christians, you are already partners, but with Jesus Christ, not partners with the world. So don't partner with them. Don't even think about it. Because to partner with them, the sons of disobedience and their evil and their darkness and their sin, it only leads to wrath and death and absolutely nothing good comes from it. Furthermore, in verse 8, he says, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as the children of light. And Paul's saying, Christian, you were once dead in your trespasses and sins in the ways you once walked following after the course of this world. Ephesians chapter 2. You were once depraved. You were once corrupt. And you not only walked in darkness, but at one point you were darkness. But now by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are alive in Christ, cleansed by Christ, redeemed by Christ. And you are not only walking in light, but But now, verse 8 says, you are light in the Lord. Think about that statement for a second. That you, Christian, are light in the Lord. Now, we know that as Christians, we are to let our light shine before others so that they may see our good works and glorify God, Matthew 5, 16. But here Paul says... You not only are to let your light shine, but Christian, you are light in the Lord. And Paul reaches that conclusion this way. Because Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And because we are in Christ, one with Christ, united with Christ, and part of the body of Christ, and with Christ as the ultimate source of light, and with him being in us, we then reflect his light as the children of light for the world to see. And please see this this morning, brother Christian, sister Christian, I am not light in Wes. I am not light because of Wes or because of my good works. I am light because of Jesus Christ. I am light in the Lord. He is the one that takes us from darkness and into light. We are saved by Christ, walking in Christ, and now reflecting the light of Jesus Christ, which was not the case when we were in darkness. Because light and darkness, they are not friends. They do not go together. Where there is darkness, there is no light. Where there is light, there is no darkness. Darkness, by definition, is the absence of light. They are contradictory. They are antithetical. They are independent of each other. Thus, as the children of light who were saved out of darkness, verse 8 says, then we are to walk as children of light. David Burgess shared this story about a zoo in Fort Worth, Texas, where the building that houses the tropical birds keeps the visitor hallway dark. And the birds then are in lighted cases. Now, all along each side of the building is a long case that looks like a tropical rainforest. It has small, brightly colored blurb. It has, excuse me, it has miniature waterfalls. It has pools. It has trees and all sorts of plants. 
And among the trees and the rock ledges, small, brightly colored birds fly all around. And as people watch this, they eventually become aware that there is no glass in the cases between them and the birds. In fact, the visitors could just reach out and touch the birds. So why don't the birds fly out? What keeps them in place? A sign above explains that the birds are afraid of the darkness. They love the light and will not deliberately fly away from the light into darkness. So too it should be true for the Christian. We have been called out of darkness and we are now kingdom lights in the Lord. Never interested again in flying back into darkness because instead we love the light of the Lord. And just as we asked the question last week, what does walking in love look like? This week we asked the question, what does walking in the light then look like? And the answer is verse 9. It says, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. The fruit of light, the manifestations of light, the life of light is a life of all that is good and right and true. You see, church, if we desire to be imitators of God, our ethic Our morality, our life, it must be based then on the character of God. Or to put it another way, verse 10, it must be based on what is pleasing to God. Thus, as the people of God, it is critical that we be a people who are able, verse 10, to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Because if God is good to all, Psalm 145.9, how then are we at imitating God with our good works to all? Because if God is without injustice and righteous and upright as he, Deuteronomy 32.4, how then are we at imitating God by doing right to the least of these? Because if God never lies, Titus 1.2, how then are we at imitating God by boldly speaking the truth in love to our family? You see, church, to walk in the light is not just walking away from sin and darkness. It is not just, I see photos that could cause me to sin online, so I'm going to close the website. It's not just, I hear crude talk on the radio, so I'm going to change the channel. It is not just, I'm thinking about telling a foul joke, but nope, instead, I am going to keep quiet. Now, make no mistake, church, those are all great steps. So yes, please, continue to flee from darkness. Make no mistake about it. But that is only the first step. Because walking in the light is also always thinking about and discerning and then doing what is pleasing to God. In goodness, how can my good works bless my neighbor today who lost their job? In righteousness, how can I stand up and care for those unable to care for themselves? And in truth, how can I lovingly tell my friend that their way of life displays that they are not a Christian and that they have to repent? Therefore, brother Christian, sister Christian, challenge yourself this morning with this question. 
How can I shine the light of God's goodness, the light of God's righteousness, and the light of his truth into every situation? Because that, brother Christian, sister Christian, is walking in the light of the Lord. Because as the people of God, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession, we have been called to proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Thus, church, proclaim the excellencies of God, and you will find what a joy it is to be lights in the Lord. Which takes us to point number two. Christian, lovingly, let your light expose the darkness and pray it leads to repentance. Christian, lovingly let your light expose the darkness and pray that it leads to repentance. Verses 11 through 14. Paul writes, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Verse 7 said that we are not to become partners with them. We are not to become partners with the sons of disobedience or with the darkness. And Paul goes on here in verse 11 and says that not only should we as Christians take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness and run from the darkness, but he says also, let's let our light shine. Verse 11, and let's expose the darkness for the wicked, damning, wrath-heaping cesspool that it is. You see, the word expose here possesses the connotation to rebuke or to confront these unfruitful works of the darkness, the works of sexual immorality, impurity, covetousness, foolish talk, crude joking. Now there's some debate here among scholars as to whether Paul is talking about exposing unbelievers and their sinful deeds or believers who have fallen into darkness for a season. And my thought on the matter is this. Why wouldn't we just expose the sin of both? I mean, just to be sure. Let's just expose and call out sin for what it is. And on the same train of thought, scholar Frank Fielman believes Paul's emphasis here is not necessarily on unbelievers or believers. But instead, here in verse 11, Paul seems to be focusing on exposing any deeds that fall into the category of evil or within the realm of darkness. Again, church, let's just call it as we see it. So the question is, Christian, how exactly do we lovingly expose the darkness in this depraved world? And I'll offer two recommendations. Recommendation number one, Our works, our ways of life, they must be contradictory to the world and to the darkness. If you work with people who lie about the number of hours they work or overcharge customers, you cannot join them. 
If you have friends who like to cheat on tests or exams or evaluations, you cannot join them. If you have family members who think it's okay to steal food while they walk around the supermarket and eat it, you cannot join them. Instead, our way of life, church, it must be opposite of the world in order to expose the darkness. The late R.C. Sproul shared this story about a well-known professional golfer who was in a tournament with President Gerald Ford, fellow pro Jack Nicklaus, and Billy Graham. After the round was over, one of the other pros on tour asked, Hey, what was it like playing with Billy Graham? The pro said with disgust, I don't need Billy Graham stuffing religion down my throat for 18 holes. With that, he headed to the practice tee. His friend followed, and after the golfer had pounded out his fury on a bucket of golf balls, he asked, was Billy a little rough on you out there today? The pro sighed and said with embarrassment, no, he didn't even mention religion once. Astonishingly, Billy Graham had said nothing about God, Jesus, or religion but it was his willingness to walk those 18 holes projecting goodness and righteousness and truth while fleeing from the darkness practiced by the other golfers on the course that caused the pro to stomp away, accusing Billy Graham of trying to ram religion down his throat. Church, our life, our light, it can expose and convict darkness. But sometimes, even that is not enough, and we must be willing to expose darkness, not only with our way of life, but recommendation number two, also with our words. And yes, this might be awkward in the moment to lovingly confront a co-worker or lovingly rebuke a friend or lovingly correct a family member who is tied up in a sexually immoral affair or who is stealing money on the job or who is worshiping the idol of their career. But brother Christian, sister Christian, if you really love them and you don't want them to be swallowed up by the darkness, it is worth it. John MacArthur said, to ignore evil is to encourage it. To keep quiet about it is to help promote it. You see, Christian, too often we see sin, we see darkness, we see impurity, and instead of trying to expose it, we accept it. We encourage it, or worse yet, we indulge in it. And yet, in verse 12, it says that it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. It is shameful to even speak of the things that they do in secret, let alone take part in them. And although Paul has been talking about exposing deeds in darkness here in verse 11, here in verse 12 then, Paul puts a name to it. In verse 12, as he says, it is shameful to even speak of the things that they do in secret. That they do in secret. And he's telling his Christian readers, you know who takes part in these unfruitful works of darkness? Things that are so disgusting and so nasty that they're only done in secret? It is the sons of disobedience, those who have no 
no inheritance in the kingdom of God. Thus, if you see someone you care about, someone you love, someone you work with taking part in this behavior which leads to death, Christian, do not just laugh it off. Don't just ignore it when you see it taking hold of somebody's life, but lovingly expose the sin for what it is. And why is this important? Verses 13 and 14. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Verse 13. When anything is exposed to the light, it becomes visible. You see, church, the darkness... It is dangerous. So just as I always use a flashlight when I walk into my son's room at night in order to expose the toys that are on the floor and make visible the Lego pieces or the hard plastic dinosaurs with those sharp plates on their back that make you want to cry when you step on them in your bare feet, so too are we as Christians to shine our lights and make visible the danger of darkness to those who are caught in that web. But please don't make this mistake. Brother Christian, Sister Christian, our goal in in exposing darkness, it isn't to make us feel superior. We aren't called to do this, to display to those in the darkness that we are better than them. We are called to expose the darkness so that anything that becomes visible is light. We are called to expose the darkness, verse 14, so that anything that becomes visible is light. And you might be sitting there thinking, huh? What are you talking about, Wes? How can the sins, how can the darkness we expose and shine our lights on also then become light? I mean, that's ridiculous, right? Well, in order to understand this passage, we must understand understand that Paul seems to have regeneration in view here, or conversion in view here. You see, brother Christian, sister Christian, we were at one point children of darkness. 2 Corinthians 4.4 says, In their case, the God of this world blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. That was us, church. We were not always children of light. Instead, at one point, we were children of darkness. We were blind, we were deaf, we were dead, and we were dumb to the things of God. But God, in his mercy, transformed you. You see, brother Christian, sister Christian, at one point in your life, your sins and your darkness were exposed and became visible. Whether it was via you hearing a friend preach the gospel to you, whether it was you being confronted by the word of God as you read the Bible that your parents gave you, whether it was via the godly living of your spouse exposing the depraved or your depraved way of life to you, no matter the way, God shined the light of conviction on your wickedness, on your darkness, and 
on your deserved wrath and your sins were exposed. And just like the crook on the cross, for the first time, you feared God. You saw the guilt of your sin and you understood the holiness of your creator. And for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in your hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. It was God in his mercy who illuminated our minds to understand how Christ accomplished on the cross can redeem us and literally take us, verse 8, from being darkness to now being light in the Lord. With God it is possible to transform darkness into light so that we who were darkness can now be light in the Lord. And you may be sitting there thinking, but how? How can I become light when I am woefully covered in darkness that has been exposed to me now? I am the definition of darkness. I see it and I need help. Which leads us to our conclusion this morning. And we'll start with the non-Christian who is here and the non-Christian who may be listening this morning. Non-Christian, I pray that you feel convicted about your darkness. That today you desire to become light. To end verse 14, Paul seems to quote from some early church confession or hymn, potentially from the words of the prophet Isaiah. As he says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And Paul's saying here, you who were dead in your sin, wake up and arise and turn to and trust in Christ who will shine on you and transform you from darkness into a new creation of light. You see, non-Christian, Jesus Christ came into the world as light so that whoever believes in him may not remain in darkness. John 12, 46. And how did Christ accomplish this? Christ came into the world. God came into the world, humbled himself, and took on human flesh. And he perfectly kept the law, the law that you could never keep. Simply, Christ lived amongst sinners, but never sinned. And in order to save, in order to redeem, and in order to atone for the sins of his children, Jesus Christ gave himself up for us. He bore the wrath of God that we deserve for our sin, and he was our substitute, and he stood in our place, and he was crushed and he was pierced, and he was chastised, and he was crucified on a cross as the sacrifice for the sins of his children. But since Jesus Christ was God and sinless, death could not keep him dead. And three days later, Jesus Christ rose from the dead, defeating sin and defeating death for all who believe. Non-Christian, you want to know how you can escape the darkness and become a light of the Lord? Repent of your sins. Turn from your sins and trust in Jesus Christ and Christ alone as the only one who can forgive you of your sins, the only one who died for your sins and the only one who can clothe you in his righteousness 
righteousness and reconcile you back to God forever. And today will be the day that you awake from your sleep. Today will be the day that you will rise from the dead. Today will be the day Christ will shine on you. And today will be the day that you will shine as a light for Christ now and forevermore. Non-Christian, repent and trust in Jesus Christ and Christ alone as the only one who can cleanse you of your sin and reconcile you back to God through eternity. And to the Christian that is listening this morning, brother Christian, sister Christian, again, verse 8 says that you are light in the Lord, called to walk in goodness, to walk in righteousness, and to walk in truth, and to live in a way that shines gospel light for the world to see. So I want to clarify for you, when you read verse 7, do not become partners with them. Do not become partners with the sons of disobedience. What Paul is saying, Christian, is don't join them. Don't let your ways be their ways. Don't enter into a partnership with them. But what he's not saying, what he's not saying, church, is neglect them. Abandon them. Withdraw from them because the ministry of the gospel is needed by them. Thus, use your light to bring the gospel message to them. Church, lighthouses contain light. But if they don't shine, people in boats can't see. They crash into rocks and will perish. Street lights contain light. But if they don't shine, people in cars can't see. They crash into pedestrians and they will perish. Lanterns contain light. But if they don't shine. Miners and quarries can't see. They get lost and will perish. Christian, you have been called to be light in this world, to project goodness, to project righteousness, and to project truth, and to bring light to the darkness so that by God's grace, others can see. Others can avoid making a shipwreck of their own lives, veer from the darkness, and run, climb, swim, crawl to Jesus Christ and be saved. Remember this church, the light of Christ, the light that rescued you from darkness. It is a loving light. It is a graceful, hopeful, joyful light. It is a cordial, generous, friendly light. It is a truthful, trustworthy, and sincere light. And our light, the light of Christ, it is the only light that saves. So why would we ever not want to shine our light for the world so they can see their Savior? Thus it is my prayer that we as a church body let our light shine before others so that they may see our good works and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. Father, you have called us as the children of light not to be partakers of darkness, but to run from the ways of darkness and to have lives that are pure and cleansed of darkness. Lord, you have called us to be lights in the world to share the gospel with the world, and to live in a way that convicts the world of sin. Thus, we have your light. But a lighthouse is worth nothing if it does not shine. A street light is worth nothing if it does not shine. A lantern is worth nothing if it does not shine. Father, we want to do your work. Help us to shine. Because, Father, your word says, whoever does 
what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that by his works they have been carried out in God. Thus we pray it be clear to the world that we walk in the light and that our works are shining and the exposing we do, they have been carried out by you, God, for the good of your people and for your eternal glory. Let us shine gospel light, church, before a world that desperately needs it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, We are light in the Lord. Lord, we don't deserve this. We were children of wrath, children of darkness, and through your grace, through your mercy, you have called us to yourself. You have redeemed us. You have transformed us and now called us to be imitators of God. And yet, why is this hard for us? Father, help us to put away the sins and the lust and the desires of this world. Let us flee from darkness, Lord, and walk in truth, in righteousness and goodness, and shine brightly for the world to see, so that the God who saved us, so that you, God, be glorified. In Jesus' name. Amen. Before we close, again, just to share with all of you, it is an honor to worship with you this morning, and it is so good to see so many of your faces. Our benediction this morning comes from John chapter 8, verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Church, go in peace.